They're good books. They're like insanely good by the end of it. There's oh, yeah. oh Tyler Tyler, where are you at? Um uh book five when Nanive and Elaine get back together with Min and the like oh, cool. rebels from like the White Tower. Yeah. That's, that's around that. Slight, slight spoilers, but yeah, that's cool. That's a good bit. I really like Min. Um Min's fun. Min's a fun character. Granted, I also I like I Elaine is probably like top three for me. Which is apparently, according to people on Reddit, which don't go on any of the subreddits, by the way, uh, but but uh, apparently for people online, liking Elaine is a hot take. Uh, uh, people don't seem to like her very much. Uh, what? So is <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Learning the Ropes. <laughs> I don't even want to step on that intro this time. Uh, <laughs> I feel so bad for you. I'm I'm sick. Uh, hi, I'm Matt. With me as always, we got Andrew. What's up? And we Tyler. Have Tyler. I don't have enough money. Fuck. What don't you have enough money for? Ah, oh, life, Andrew. Life. You know, I'm a- with you. Apartments. <laughs> yeah. It's surprisingly, it's been surprisingly difficult to me over the past, like, month to, like, actually, like, save substantial amounts of money. Like, to try, like, to try and grow my, my savings by how much I want to, to get, like, where I'm trying to go by, like, June of next year. It's funny, since I started working, I saved a grand every paycheck. Uh, my credit card bill this month was $1,200 in two weeks. Dude, uh, you get you get a grand in a paycheck you can save? I get, I, I got a big boy engineering job that I hate. Uh, wiener? <laughs> uh, no, I agree. I agree. It's terrible. It's, it's a fake job, too. It's, yeah, it sucks that you hate your job. It is cool that you're making money, though. I really can't complain, even though I hate my job. <laughs> I sit out here like... I, we'll see what my I get paid tomorrow. We'll see what that paycheck's like. It should be bigger. My last paycheck was like six hundred dollars. I get like eighteen hundred every two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to do that. I hey hey B, we gotta get the band going, man. I can't do this anymore. We need a jam. You. Oh yeah, Andrew. Do you want to be Andrew? Can you sing? Band? Can you sing? Yeah, Andrew? actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Done. Actually. All right. <laughs> I will sing too, but you, I want to do lead guitar. So yeah, I, uh, uh, I I I can sing. I'd be down. I want to. Psychedelic Arctic Monkeys sound fun. Hey, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The, you're talking right up my alley. Uh huh. Oh, speaking of which, uh, we get new Arctic Monkeys record this week. I know. Uh, I'm so fucking. Pu- I'm seeing them in August. I, I did not get tickets. I love how if people listen to this podcast, they fuck Arctic Monkeys. They they get the evol they get just like the evolution of Tyler and the Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, I got corrupted by my hot girlfriend. This is what happens. All right. Much like Carl Anderson, he got corrupted by his hot Asian girlfriend. Hey, 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 it just happens to be all right. (laughs) Uh, anyway. Hi. 
We're learning the ropes. Learning the ropes. This is a wrestling this is podcast. Not, this is a wrestling podcast. It's not an Arctic Monkeys podcast. Not a relationship uh, podcast either. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of crossover between Arctic Monkeys and professional wrestling until I get trained. Okay. Anyway. Um. But uh. But yeah. And uh, on this episode, Matt, what are we watching? We're watching. Steel Cage, Brett versus Owen. Brett versus Owen. Tyler, what do you know about Owen Hart? Owen Hart, brother of Bret Hart. Yeah. Anything else? He's a heel. Yeah. King of the Ring. Uh huh. Um. Not King of the Ring. He got a new nickname. What's his new nickname? Oh fuck! I forgot it. This is a pop quiz. You will be graded. I I fail. F, imagine. It's King of Hearts. That's King of Hearts! Nickname. It was so good and I forgot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're watching Brett Nolan's Steel Cage. Uh, the main event of SummerSlam 1994? Correct, yes. God, years are terrible and I've lived too many of them. Uh, but we're going to recap the story so far. Uh, Owen Hart debuted for WWF as part of the Hart Foundation in 1991 with his brother Brett and uh, their brother-in-law, Jim Neidhart. Following Neidhart's exit from the WWF, Brett would move on to bigger and better things. He would become the WWF champion in 1991, beating Ric Flair. He would hold the title to WrestleMania 9, when he would lose it to Yokozuna, who would immediately then lose it to that fucker! Hulk Hogan. Brett would win the King of the Ring in 1993 and has a lot of momentum leading it to the Royal Rumble in 1994. However, there was animosity growing between uh, Owen and Brett, uh, and things first came to a head. Uh, Survivor Series in 1993, uh, when Owen and Brett would inadvertently crash into each other during their five-on-five match, Versus Shawn Michaels and his knights. Definitely not Jerry Lawler's knights. They were Shawn's the whole time. Uh, leading to <laughs> Owen being eliminated from the match. Brett would attempt to make it up to him by tagging with Owen more often. And he even secures them uh, a tag team championship match at the Royal Rumble 1994. As well as getting both of them spots in the Royal Rumble match itself. During their tag match, Brett would get kayfabe injured. Uh, and the match would have to be called off. Owen gets frustrated at his brother and snaps, attacking Brett's injured quote-unquote knee and berating Brett as he's helped backstage. Uh, Brett would miraculously <laughs> go on to co-win the Royal Rumble match with Lex Luger, uh, which we obviously covered on the show. Also, like... Name a bigger threat in in wrestling than Bret Hart with a knee injury, apparently. You can't beat him if his knee's already hurt. And following the rumble, Owen would start to accuse his brother of being selfish and holding him down. He would actually cite that knee injury, saying that he faked it. Uh, (laughs) In order to be, like, better for the rumble match. Uh, And so they would end up clashing at the opener of WrestleMania 10. During the match, Owen would continuously just look to punish and hurt his brother, while Brett just kept trying to, like, 
win painlessly with roll-ups and stuff. Owen would end up the victor that night, uh, but light was shined away from him once again as by the end of the show, Bret Hart would be the WWF champion once again. Uh, and yeah, that pissed Owen off. Um, he was, you know, some would say justifiably upset that the biggest win of his career was overshadowed by Brett again. Uh, and he decided that he would do what his brother did the year before and win the King of the Ring tournament and cement himself as the better heart. And Owen ultimately would after an assist from the returning Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Uh, and following his King of the Ring win... Owen Hart would challenge Brett for the WWF Championship, citing his win over him at WrestleMania 10, as well as his King of the Ring win, as reasons why he deserves a shot. President Jack Tunney of the World Wrestling Federation would decide that this blood feud, this bitter rivalry, needed to be settled once and for all, and that their championship match at SummerSlam 1994 would take place inside of a steel cage. Oh, this is the first one. Tyler... Tyler, what do you know about steel cages? Uh, made of steel. Um, usually welded. Um, we see them a lot now. We saw, what's that twink that got thrown off by, uh, Eddie uh-huh. Kingston? <laughs> Sammy Guevara? Yeah. Sammy Guevara got chucked off of one by Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The steel cage match. Them too. Oh, yeah. A lot of stuff happens in, in steel cages in wrestling. Uh, the steel cage match is a legendary stipulation in the world of professional wrestling. Um, so much so uh, that it's one of those things, I feel like, that like uh, if you're talking to like a non-wrestling fan or if you're watching like a cartoon or something that's going to parody pro wrestling, they'll make some kind of reference to the steel cage. Um... For example, uh, Spider-Man wrestles Macho Man Randy Savage, going by the name uh, Bonesaw McGraw, uh, in a in a steel cage after he first gets his powers in the original Spider-Man movie, uh, the Sam Raimi one with Tobey Maguire. Um, and so uh, we're just gonna go through like a real quick brief history of the cage match in pro wrestling. Now, the cage match dates back to June 25th, 1937, according to the Library of Congress, which has a record from the Atlanta Journal newspaper of a match between Jack Bloomfield and Count Petro Rossi, where the ring was surrounded by a six-foot-high fence made of chicken wire. The stipulation would, stipulation would grow in popularity uh, until the 60s as a place where rivalries met their ultimate end, an unforgiving structure that allowed no escape from your opponent. Obviously, many notable uh, wrestlers competed in steel cage matches, including Bruno San Martino, Bob Backlund, Ric Flair, and Ricky Steamboat, to name a few. And over this time, the cage would change. It would grow taller, it would be made made out of different kinds of wire, sometimes steel mesh, sometimes the poles from the cage would be spiked to add more of a sense of danger to the match. Eventually... The WWS settles on a steel cage made from steel bars painted blue, which is the version that we're going to see today. Uh, yeah. Uh, legendarily, uh, in 1983, actual murderer, Superfly Jimmy Snuka, uh, jumped off the top of a steel cage uh, onto Don Morocco. 
Um, and this is an iconic moment that kind of changes the perception of what uh, can happen in cage matches um, for a lot of people, including uh, famously a young Mick Foley, who we'll, who we'll get to. Um, luckily, despite his iconic dive, the murderer did not win that match. Uh, also notably, um, though I can't find the exact time, uh, in my research I couldn't, but, uh, WWE, or F at the time, would change the rules for how you win in a cage match. Uh, in addition to winning by pinfall or submission, wrestlers could win by escaping the cage and having both of their feet touch the arena floor, either by climbing over the uh one of the sides of the cage and climbing down to the arena floor or by going out of like the steel cage door um which would be like opened by a referee um and this rule change is controversial as it basically ruins the entire kayfabe purpose of a steel cage match <laughs> um because basically, instead of a place where two bitter rivals have to be <clears throat> encased in steel so that, like, no shenanigans can happen and one victor is guaranteed in this, like, fight to the death, uh, one of the guys could just run away out the cage door and still get the win. Why? Um, yeah. Uh, the cage match we're going to be watching today uh, is a special case in which the only way to win is by escaping the cage and with all of that out of the way the stage is set it's the united center in the greatest city of the fucking world beautiful chicago illinois that's right summer slam 1994 bret hart versus Owen Hart. wws championship on the line in a steel cage match let's go watch this fucking match Stop. we're back from the match we're back Tyler, what'd you think of the match? You know, here's the thing, right? It's it's like Owen Hart and Bret Hart, right? It's like it's kind of like if you had like prime rib, you know, like for like a week straight, mm -hmm. and then at the end you're like, it's more prime rib, you know, like it's like it's good, but it's like I've had that like every day for the past week, and I feel like every Owen Hart and or no, I think every Hart match. Is just like the like best that you can get, and like it's hard to have an opinion besides that. So you're saying we've oversaturated Bret Hart for you? We got too much prime rib now. I Don't mean, like worry. it was a, I mean, like it was like a great match, and I, and and this might be my favorite arc so far that we've seen. I like the Owen and Bret arc a lot. Um, yeah, it's a, well, it's a. It's a it's a lot of prime rib. Yeah, no, I I get that. Uh, well, lucky for you, we're gonna start focusing on some other wrestlers for a little bit as well. Are they gonna be worse? I mean, that's a subjective thing. You're saying they're gonna be worse, and then I'm gonna miss the prime rib. Maybe a little. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right. <laughs> Um, I mean, uh, for not to spoil nothing, but one of the wrestlers we're going to spend some time looking at uh, in in the upcoming weeks that's not Bret Hart is Shawn Michaels. So there's still some good stuff out there. I'm going to guess for the end of this season, what's going to happen is every match that we watch that's a heart match, I'm going to rate high. And then and then it, and then it, if there's a match that's not a heart after that, it's going to be in the fucking gutter. 
I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna guess. I'm just gonna guess right now. That's what's gonna happen. We're like, well, if there's we'll two, see. if there are two heart matches in like a row, the first one will be higher than the second one. And then if it's not a heart match for like, like, for like past that, it shouldn't be the fucking gutter. I'm, I have the the biggest smile right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad that Tyler that is, that you is, lost. has good wrestling opinions. Well, just wait till we get to the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll get there. But my thoughts on this match is that both of, is that every heart sells so fucking well. They like launch themselves into hell to sell. It's so fucking good. It's kind of it's kind of great how like you see a little bit of that from like the rest of the Hart family. <laughs> yeah, like from some of, from some of the other ones, like Stu jumps in like yeah. After the the match and like the post match uh, beat down like segment where Owen and uh, and the Anvil uh, attack Brett and like lock him in the cage and the Hart family's trying to get in the cage they they like they're all like that like <laughs> it makes me want to like track down Stu Hart matches <laughs> to see yeah. what those were like like if you were like on like a helicopter right. And you told one of the hearts to fucking just let go. They would do it. They would do it to yeah. sell. They're so committed. Uh, yeah. I also, Tyler, I kind of uh sympathize with your opinion a little bit on the the cage match. I think it for me it comes more in the fact that I think the cage match is a little long. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like there were some good spots in it for sure, though. I, oh I, yeah, I, it's it's I, great. I, I, I think this match kind of suffered from something that I, we see a lot more in modern matches, where it's like a lot of it felt like it was just just like meandering until the next spot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's not as bad as it is in like more modern wrestling. Uh, like as bad, like how bad it could get in more modern yeah. wrestling. Uh, and obviously, because because it, it's Bret Hart, like the meandering. It's good still. It's fine, right. Like, it's it's not like how it is now. <laughs> he makes everything make sense. And it, right. that's why, yeah, like, Brett, I don't think, I don't think Brett and Owen working together could be anything less than magic. And so I don't want to get too negative on the match. I just, I, I, I agree that I think it, for me, at least, it outstays its welcome a little bit. Like, it, it's just, uh, after a certain amount of time, like, even though it's all still good, it's like, this could have lost, like, maybe, like, five-ish minutes, and, uh, and, like, really hit a really good pace and peak. Uh, For sure. But other, like, even then, it's like, you could take almost any of the spots and make them part of that five minutes like there's no one there are no bad spots it's just there's too many i think there's yeah i think there's a lot of repeated spots uh yeah like the, like it i i get what like obviously the storytelling is great like i understand the, like the point of the match is to escape the fucking cage so that's what they try to do the whole time um and, you know it's like i think I don't want to watch another like steel cage match where it's uh the you have to escape to win. Yeah. Because I don't think it would work with anyone else aside from Bret Hart. Like 
they took the constraints and made it the whole story of the match, and I think it worked really well. Uh, but yeah, it definitely, like, it was just a tad bit too long, a little bit too repetitive, uh, but f still great. Fucking, it's, it legit looked like fucking Brett was just throwing punches at his brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah. really oh, did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were just hitting each other. They were just going for it. And, like, there was some, something about that ring that specific... Like, obviously, the the rings at this time were just, in general, stiffer than they are now. But, like, this specific night, like, they must have done something different. Because that shit looked rough to take bumps in. Yeah. And uh, they were taking some. There's some really good... The superplex spot is amazing. Um... Uh, the, I think the back suplex was like the hardest bump I saw. That yeah. like the bump that made me wince the most. Like in terms of just like yeah, it looked fucking painful to take. Like that that ring didn't seem to have any fucking give. And like I I'm really miss the old steel cage. I I do too, Matt. I was gonna bring that up in the post match, dude. I miss the like bars. I uh, like the bars over cha the chain link fence we get nowadays. Yeah, it's so it's honestly something else. It enables so much. Like watching this cage match compared to honestly, like most other steel cage matches in in like the that I've seen in like the modern era. Uh, it's insane how much is like opened up and enabled by the fact that this cage has, like, bars with, like, big gaps that you can fit. Literally, the finish can't happen now. Uh, because you can't... Like, Owen's leg gets stuck in the cage. Uh, and he can't... He can't drop and Brett can drop before him. Like, that can't happen now. There's a couple other things that they do that can't happen now. And also, the way that that cage clangs, dude... <laughs> Oh god! It made there was a whip into the corner. Yeah, it's like it's just a whip into the corner. Like, oh yeah, you yeah, know everyone one. does it, but like it made it looked like it killed a man. Yeah, <laughs> Owen whips Brett into the corner, and Brett turned into dust. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh. Also, like, Owen just fucking grabbing at Brett through the cage to keep him from, like, getting all the way down. Yeah. Uh, both of them just, like, or when Owen just, like, lets his weight, like, kind of hang while Brett is, like, holding him. Yeah. You know, it's, it's... They, they they do so many things right in this match in terms of just, like, like I said, like kind of driving the narrative of, like, okay, so the point is to escape the cage, so, like, of course, the match needs to revolve around that, right? Like, uh... Yeah. And, and they do a very, very good job of just, like, okay, how do we structure this match so that, like, escape... Like, like I said, like, it looks like they are actually just trying to leave the cage the whole time, and they're trying to stop each other from leaving the cage compared to, like, now... Where escaping the cage is always an option in in WWE uh, cage matches nowadays. Like it, it's not the only way to win, but it is an optional way to win. And like it, people kind of consider it this just ruins a cage match. But I think it really works with this specific cage match, and plus with like the post match beatdown 
and kind of the storytelling that we're that we're kind of going on. Because uh, like, so we're not going to cover these matches, but uh, Owen and Brett do meet up one more time uh, in a lumberjack match on Raw. Um, and so like that ends up being the like definitive end of the of the feud with Bret Hart picking up the win then, but uh, um, like the kind of like the ability for them to be able to still build off the feud and escalate it to something else too, I think is really good here. I agree. Yeah, it's a solid arc. It's fun. And, like, it's personal, so, like, it goes, like, extra hard. Yeah. And I liked, um, the way Brett and Owen would, like, motivate stuff in the match. Like, you were talking about the way that they drove the story of, like, trying to escape the cage. Like, I feel like we see some stuff that, like, they, whenever somebody is, uh, is climbing the cage, um and the other guy's down, and they're just too slow getting up the cage or something like that. But you see a lot in cage matches. Uh, they were really good about always motivating and, like, selling a reason for why they would be climbing slow. Like, what, like they give you so much to, like, interpret. All, all of the details in, like, heart matches are amazing. Um. Let's go to ratings. Oh, actually, I had one more thing to bring. Oh, up. one more oh, thing. Okay. I apologize. Uh, I also something that that uh me and Andrew like mentioned when we were doing notes for this match uh earlier in the week. Uh, in the first Brett Owen match, like we kind of commented on how. It seemed like Brett was really going for, like, grapples and takedowns and, like, roll-ups and that kind of stuff to, like, try to, like, not hurt his younger brother. But here, Owen starts off right away, and Brett, like, for a little bit is doing that, but then Brett just starts fucking laying into it, and I really like the escalation there. I yeah. just wanted to mention that. I like, I like the escalation on the violence on Brett's side, just, like, um moving from wanting to protect his brother to and just roll him up quick and get the quick win to and like that kind of causing him that match to here just actually just wanting to like not being afraid to throw a punch not being yeah. afraid to hurt him because of everything he's, he's not holding back him. right and I, I really like that a lot uh ratings ratings matt uh four and a half Four and a half. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it it's the kind of match where, like, if I were to watch it without having just watched like six Bret Hart matches in a row, right? Yeah, that's that's the like that. I think might be the thing, right? Is that like it's great, but we've had so much of it, right? Like, I think that might that like it could go higher, but I think like objectively looking at it, I do think it's a four and a half for. Um, Andrew, what are your thoughts? Uh, kind of similar. Uh, I'm not as, like, I don't feel as much of it as, like, Brett fatigue, I guess, but, uh, I'm going, I'm going 475. Um, I think it's really close. For me, it's literally just the, 
the fact that I think it's like five minutes too long um, that keeps this from a five for me. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it has like, it has the magic, but they they could have, I think the the cage match stipulation kind of lets it down. Like the, uh, um, as great as all the stuff that they did is, I don't think, like, I think they, like, over, they overstayed the welcome of the gimmick that escaping the cage is your win condition, uh, and that kind of holds it back. Eventually, I'm kind of like, okay, Brett climbs, then Owen grabs him, and then they do a spot where, like, they, uh, throw Brett off the top rope into the ring. And then Owen climbs, and Brett catches him, and they do the same spot. Uh, or they do something else. Uh, or, like, Owen, like, climbs uh, over the cage, and Brett grabs him, and then Owen climbs back in, and then, like, Brett knocks Owen off the top rope, but also slips and lands on his wiener. And, <laughs> and, and they do those spots, like, three or four different times. And they're good every time, but because of, like, the hearts are ridiculously good at selling um and everything they do is compelling in the ring uh but it just it's just a little too long tyler where are you four and a half four and a half half. Mm -hmm. it's great it's like i i almost have mm, no complaints but it's just kind of long but I tend to judge I stuff or I I think tend to judge stuff that goes long harder than the rest of this group does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if it was a bit shorter, it'd be a five. That and like I thought the end was fun with all the chaos, but it felt weird too. Like I don't know. Like it 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 I think popped off a little too hard at the end, and that also I think took away from it. Fair enough. Now, uh, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer News. Who newsletter. is incorrect. Friend of the uh, show. Friend of the show. Uh, gave this match five stars. No, okay, that's five. fine. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Dave might be right. He's correct this time. <laughs> he, <laughs> might, he might be right this time. He might be more right than we are. I don't know. It's up there. Uh, what a family, dog. What a family. A lot of CT in that family. <laughs> you know, you know, Matt, <laughs> that, that's an uncomfortable subject <laughs> that we'll get to. Yeah, w- w- there will be CTE talk on this podcast at some point. Oh, yeah. Of several varieties. <laughs> and with that, you don't bring me flowers anymore, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Remember to like, comment, to subscribe. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at uh, Learning the Rose Pod. You can find us on Twitter at LTR underscore pod. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at Learning the Ropes. Uh, you can find us on Twitch at Learning the Ropes Pod. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening and check us back next week.